I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say. Let's talk about the Anna Matrix. We're once again continuing our uh, January animation trudge um, this month. <laughs> this month we had to pick a movie that you and I have not seen. Um, and uh, we picked the Animatrix. This is a movie I've been wanting to watch for a while. And considering that the new Matrix is out, it's probably a good time to watch it. You explain what it is, sure. what it consists of. The Animatrix is not so much a movie, but it's actually an anthology of nine short films. Each film is written and directed by a different filmmaker, except, well, I think Revolution, the Renaissance part one and two are the same director. Yes, they are. Yep. Each short film has a different animation style. You have anime, CGI, hand-drawn, colored pencil sort of stuff. It's kind of across the range. The only thing that really brings these films together is... It's all about the world of the Matrix. It's all seems to take place before the third film of the Matrix, which the final five of Osiris that was actually shown in theaters right before the third Matrix film to kind of give people. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it gave. I guess it was supposed to like give people a certain like uh, context of how they figured out that there was a drill coming into Zion. Movies should do that from now on. Uh, Pixar movies are known to always do that. They always play like their short film before their features. Um, I think all movies should do that. Do like a short film? Yeah, play like a short film. That's like whatever, like whether it's related or not, I don't think it matters. I like that. I do like watching short film before like the feature. I mean, it used to be the deal, but then again, I don't know if like, if I go see a three hour movie, I want to sit through another 10 minutes. Of a short film. No, it's fine. With Pixar films, you know, it's only like an hour and a half. If the, if the feature's good and the three-hour movie's good, then who cares? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But The Animatrix, it's a movie, and we watched it. So, I guess the order isn't always the same. I watched it on Amazon, I think. Really? I watched it on HBO Max. That's right. That's what I watched it on. So, they put it in a specific order, but I guess the original order had the flight of... Osiris as the first one, but in the HBO, it's the last one. It is. I have it on Blu-ray. Maybe it's different on the Blu-ray. I would have to go and check. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it on Blu-ray for some reason. I just decided to watch it on HBO Max. As you said, there are several. Some of them are shorter than others. And you have the first story, which is the second Renaissance, which is basically the origin story of how the Matrix was created. This one might be my favorite one. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like really cool. It definitely uh, makes a statement right from the beginning. You know, it's just an origin story. They're not really characters. There's like a narrator character, mm-hmm. but the animation is amazing. It's very fast paced. There are these moments that are like almost like kaleidoscopic that are really cool. And it's just kind of explaining like how like humans created robots, advanced robots, and they're basically the slave class. Like we have slaves now and they're robots. But then one robot decided to like kill its masters, basically. That basically caused you know, a revolution and then they formed their own empire. And then, you know, we got into wars with them. And then, you know, the humans kept, you know, the humans did not want to be friends with the robots at all. And, you know, there's like protests and stuff. And it's a, it's a, it's a wild ride. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, there's not 
there's a story, of course, in how the Matrix was created. Uh, there's no like central characters or anything like that. But it's my favorite just because like how wild it is. It's almost kind of funny how simplistic too. how like at the beginning, the robots are just like people. They have like yeah. people figures, you know what I mean? Instead of them just being like um, like machines with like, you know what I mean? I, I think that's kind of funny, you know, just so that they can express themselves <laughs> instead of it just being like some machine. Yeah, I love the Renaissance part too. I found the animation to be really interesting. And the whole story of how the Matrix becomes the Matrix, even though there is some sort of exposition in the first trilogy of the matrix i think it's really interesting that it's framed from the perspective of the robots kind of being the good guys like as you said the robots are a sort of slave class and humans are just like being so shitty to these robots these robots are just trying to live their lives they're just trying to be part of the community and humans for some reason all all the way through the story they're awful (laughs) so awful (laughs) and one of the things that meshes all of the different animations together all the different films together is the idea that you're watching a sort of history from zion like zion has this computer i guess that combines all these different histories so this one is the most traditional in the sense it's basically just watching like the history channel but with the matrix and the humans are just so so cruel they're just beating up on these robots and they go to war with these robots and the robots like are we don't want to fight but the robots lose and they're like damn so then they go to like basically jerusalem 2.0 yeah and they build their own city and they're just chilling and then the UN's like, we should have a meeting to destroy these robots who literally are just... They take over like the economy. That's capitalism, man. These robots are just, they're just better at making things, I guess. And the humans don't like that. So the UN, UN's like, hey, we got to cut out all these robots, just form tariffs. And the robots come to the UN with an apple. Classic Adam and Eve situation. They're just there to show peace or whatever. And these humans are just like, we don't give a shit. And they just kick them out. It's kind of mean, kind of cruel. Humans kind of suck. You no longer feel bad for humans. No, I don't feel bad about them at all. They <laughs> suck. Like, yeah, in the Matrix movies, we're rooting for the humans. But yeah, in the, in the, in the second renaissance, of course, it's like we talked, like you, we discussed, it's the exact opposite. Like the humans are super cool and they shoot robots in the face, you know, with no remorse and there's like that scene where like they are, um, they kill tons of robots mm-hmm. and there's like a big bulldozer that bulldozes like, um, like piles of like uh, robots. Yeah. This might sound like really bad, but I, I thought that was very reminiscent of like the Holocaust, like the images of like, uh, uh of, you know, uh, bodies being bulldozed. I saw night and fog the other day and they play that image and it, it reminded me of it. I mean, awful, but yeah, there are a lot of references to former, genocides and holocausts the robot that goes on trial that's a direct reference to a trial that happened in the 1930s where a black butler was brought to quote-unquote murder his employer in self-defense obviously the employer in this situation was being incredibly ruthless and he fought back and had to go to trial of course he was found guilty of murder even though it was just self-defense. But there are plenty of references in the Renaissance Part 1 and 2 to a lot of different genocides and holocausts. Of course, the Native Americans and 
all kinds of communities that have been oppressed. So I think they did a really good job of making comparisons without it being heavy handed. Like it never feels. Doesn't feel too silly or ridiculous. Like it's kind of hard from an emotional standpoint, I think. Absolutely. It takes it seriously without it being silly or saccharine. Like it acts as if these robots are real people and these humans were just being shitty. And you feel for them. You feel for these robots, which is an interesting path to take when considering the Matrix. And it's an interesting way to start the Animatrix because the rest of the Animatrix really isn't pro-robot. So I think it's interesting that we kind of have these very mixed feelings going into the series. Right, the robots, they become the ruling force, the ruling class, you know, so. But I, I appreciate a kind of... Uh... Uh, the background story and you could obviously go into a direction like I think like over explaining things is really dumb you know what I mean sometimes like I think over explaining certain like how did this have like Star Wars I hate when they do that which is interesting because on Disney plus they have um, I forget what it's called but they have an animatrix type show which is a bunch of animated anime inspired um, Star Wars animations that are kind of like this, that are kind of like offshoot stories from the original movies. Um, those are on Disney Plus. I forget what they're called, though. I forget what it is. So the format is successful because, you know, what, like 20 years later now and people still kind of rip it off a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> Not that like still Animatrix good. is like the first like anime compilation, like anthology. I'm sure that was before matrix star wars these film franchises kind of thing absolutely i i, I also laughed when uh, their solution was to um ruin the earth to destroy the robots <laughs> to block out the sun that was ridiculous <laughs> what an awful plan <laughs> I, I like it too when they're like we're gonna do this and everyone in the un is like clapping and stuff it was very funny they're like the solution is like if we make um it stormy and cloudy at 20 all the time on earth then there will be no sun and then the robots can't use the sun oh Okay. But then we can't use the sun either. <laughs> kind of a terrible plan. <laughs> and then we have a big war and then we lose. Yeah, we lose horribly. This this story also has like a lot of like religious stuff in it. Like um like I talked about like the narrator is like some kind of like deity or something like that. She's like a golden deity, very reminiscent of maybe like Hinduism or something like that. I'm not sure what's going on there, but it's cool. Yeah, kind of Buddhist-esque. Yeah, yeah. And then you have like um, the, the last battle um, where we're like all the, like the humans are like praying and stuff. There's like crosses and stuff before they go into a battle and lose badly to the robots, which I like. It just seems to have like a lot of like interesting religious imagery that is inputted into it. Kind of reminded me of Neon Genesis a little bit. It reminded me of a film that wasn't nearly as good as this part of the Animatrix. Don't look up the recent Adam McKay film, which is okay. But it does follow this sort of similar idea that humans have this tendency to delude themselves and are so obsessed with power and the immediate rewards of power that they're willing to look past literally 10 minutes ahead. So like blacking out the sun, probably not a great idea. I'm not really sure the logic of it other than to stop the robots, which doesn't even work. But it just shows, I guess, the the delusions. Yeah. And like, and then of course, you know, because they blocked out the sun, the last part of the animation is basically just talking about like, is how they made the matrix because now that the sun is blocked, they need us, our, you know, brain wave energy or whatever to uh, power them. 
which is what the matrix is, you know, putting people into pods and using their like brain energy and stuff to, um, you know, power their technology so that they continue to uh, exist. That's great when they're like poking in their brains and stuff like this portion, this animation, I thought was very violent. Um, it has a lot, a lot of like a violent imagery and stuff in it as well, which I love like people's like people getting like eviscerated and their skulls being crushed and stuff like that. Very violent. Very good. Yeah. Of course, like it wouldn't end any other way. Right. <laughs> Us being farmed. I agree. It was pretty brutal, gruesome. I guess the robots could have just like built a tower above the clouds That'd be a really tall tower. Yeah, but they're robots. They could do it. But I guess it was more of a revenge thing at that point because humans are being pretty shitty. But, you know, there there are options. But I guess the options, I mean, they would have worked, but then you don't get your revenge on all those really shitty humans who've been turning you as slaves for hundreds of years, which isn't great. So, yeah, that's the second renaissance. Uh, It's good. Like I said, I think it might be my favorite one. Um, but I guess we'll see once we talk about the others. Um, there's quite a bit, um, the next one, and it must be the next one because we watched the same copy is a program directed by, uh, Yoshiaki Kawagiri, Kawagiri. Um, he's known to be the creator of like Wicked City and Vampire Hunter D, like these kind of like core ninja kind of samurai anime films and shows and stuff like that. And I will say like, this one looks pretty neat, but it's like maybe my least favorite. The thing about the Animatrix is that like, they all look really good in terms of like their animation styles. I think that's like all that they're very, they all consistently have very interesting animation. um, And they're all kind of like different from one another. I think it's just kind of the problems with maybe like some of the story and stuff. You know, the story is not really hitting very hard. And this one, I'm not like super crazy about the story. It's it's whatever, I think. I think that's one of the big problems with anthologies in their entirety. And especially when anthologies are turned into feature films, which I mean, back in 2003, it would be much harder to get this as a television series than today, where making anthology is incredibly easy because of streaming services and YouTube and the like. But one of my big problems with anthologies and one of my big problems with this anthology is there's really not very much that ties this whole anthology together. There is the whole idea that you're watching different films from history or you're kind of studying history in this way. But I mean, if they don't grab you. It's the Matrix. They're tied by the Matrix. They're tied by the Matrix. But that's that's just that's like saying they're tied by being in the world. That's way too it's way too vague. There's nothing there's no overarching sort of theme to run through it all. And I think that forces each one to kind of stand on its own, which some of them definitely do, but some of them to a much lesser extent do. Some are better than others. For sure. In, in terms of like the story, like I said. Which one's the, the programmer one? I don't even remember which one this is. Program is the one with the samurais. They fight. Oh yeah, this one looks really cool, but you don't really care. It looks good. It looks good, but... I agree. There's just, there's no reason to care about these characters because it's just them fighting. Like that's the whole, that's the whole thing. They just fight. They fight in a very nice looking, impressive, like samurai program. 
in their fight and then she has to kill mm-hmm. the guy because the guy is like we need to return to the matrix and she said no and then they unplug her and it turns out it was a test the whole time and you're like okay well it's dumb <laughs> it's kind of lame i really had don't have much to say about it except that it looks cool you know it's not bad it's just like not a great story wise one so yeah like if it was part of a larger story i think it could work but standing on its own because you don't know who these characters are there's no there's no real establishment of you know what these people want or desire other than one wants to get the matrix and one doesn't you just it's hard to care i think it's possible to care in a very short amount of time but i think it's very very difficult absolutely and and this one just it just didn't you know succeed in that area nope unfortunately but that's okay uh you have a world record directed by takishi koiki okay i haven't seen any of his stuff he's known for um, making this movie called red line which is like a race car anime movie i like this one this one has a very specific animation style that's very different and i like the idea of it the idea that someone can be so unreal in terms of their physical ability that they literally wake themselves up in the matrix i think is the idea that they're trying to tell like someone that is so just like i don't know like breaks physics or something like that that they wake up from the matrix i think is very interesting so i like that idea overall i think it's neat you know especially like program like doesn't really like have anything to say in terms of like like maybe like in the matrix you know like trying to think like okay maybe in the matrix you know like you know what if this happened or this happened you know i kind of like those stories a lot those are my favorite ones i don't necessarily like the ones where it's like you know we're plugging in it's like okay whatever like we saw that in the movies but in in world record i kind of i like what they were trying to do yeah i agree with you much as i feel in the matrix films i think the most interesting parts including the newest matrix movie the most interesting parts all happen in the matrix I think the same thing is true with the animations, except for the Renaissance. What's real? <laughs> Good point. What's real? I don't know. The, the ones that happen in the Matrix are the most interesting. And I, I like this. I think the animation is by far the most wild of any of them and definitely the most out there, in my opinion. It's just, it's so strange and weird. I love the animation of this one. It's crazy. The story is fine. I think it's, I like the idea of regular people being able to break out of the matrix. I actually find that more interesting than being the chosen one. I don't, I don't really care if you, I don't really care about Neo. No, I love Neo. That was one of my big problems with the matrix. I like the idea of just like normal. I mean, I guess he's not a normal person, but we'll get that later with the kid's story who is basically a normal person. (laughs) But I do think it's interesting to have someone who can break out of the matrix just by willpower alone like just if you think enough i guess you know just the idea that anyone can break out of the matrix is interesting it's kind of like how in the prequel star wars they sell this idea to be a jedi with midichlorians midichlorians yes right because the whole idea of being a jedi was that anyone could be a jedi you just had to like i don't know train or whatever but then apparently you have to have midichlorians and you're just destined it's dumb. It's the same thing here. In a certain sense, it, in the opposite way, they're suggesting that anyone can break out of the matrix if they just work hard enough, I guess. But he fails anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess like the, I guess it sort of posits the possibility of that happening. But if you don't have any help, 
what can you do? You know, if you wake up in the matrix and you're in a pod and you're connected to all these wires and robots are flying around you and there's no other humans to help you, like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? So I guess like it's possible to wake up from the matrix, but to escape it is probably a whole other thing. You probably just need help, you know, but it is very interesting. I love like the idea of like being able to wake up from it. How do they decide who gets out of the matrix and who doesn't? Who decides that? Oh, you mean like the humans and stuff? Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of interesting. I guess like some of these stories kind of touch on that, I guess. I think it's just maybe random or like, I think like the idea is that like they scour the matrix or something to find people who are ready because they always talk about in the, in the movies about how like so-and-so is not ready. If we take them out of the matrix, they'll lose their mind. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll fucking like explode. <laughs> they kind of have to like go in the matrix, live in there, walk around, meet people and try to find people who are you know, who feel like something is wrong or something, someone who people who are like smart and feel like something is off. That's kind of like Neo, right? Like Neo, like he feels like something is wrong. You know, he feels like, and in the boy's story, which we'll talk about, he talks about like, I feel like I'm living a dream, you know, or, you know, or like, why do my dreams feel more real than when I'm awake? You know? So I think it's like stuff like that. It's kind of not, you know, totally clear, but I think that's the idea, which actually kid story is the next one. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I like the kid's story. I think it's, even though the kid is probably one of the least interesting characters in the <laughs> live action Matrix, and just not a likable character at all, his story in the Animatrix, pretty interesting. I think it's the only story where it's someone just doesn't feel like this is real life, this is the real world. He can't seem to distinguish dreams from reality. Mm-hmm. And he's constantly, I don't want to say daydreaming, but he's hes unable to kind of stay in place. And everything, things just like feel off, like they feel glitchy, which yeah. it many ways this story parallels Neo's story because he seems to be a, I mean, he spends time on his computer. I don't think he's a programmer, but I guess he's, he like writes on his computer like a blogger or something. I'm unclear. Yeah, it's kind of like in the beginning of The Matrix where Neo has like that, that panel like come up. Mm-hmm. I, think what, I forget what it's called. Um, and he like talks to someone and someone talks back at him and, you know, it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but that's, I guess the way that you would like mess, like if you're outside of the matrix, you would message someone to someone in the matrix without meeting them in person. Do you think they were contacting him on purpose? I think so. Like I said, I think there's just something about people in the matrix that sets them apart from other people so that you can take them out. It's kind of hard to say, but you know, it's, it's, it's fine. I don't think it's, I don't think it necessarily needs to be a hundred percent clear, like how they, or how they did this or how they did that. You know, I guess the main point is that the kid who's the guy who saves the day in the third movie, he's like the annoying kind of jumpy little kid. Like you said, he feels like something's wrong and he like goes to school and like he talks to someone on the computer and he loves Neo and Trinity. He sure does. And he gets a phone call. Right, he keeps getting the phone call. I, I was a little disappointed that Neo and Trinity were characters in the in the, in the the Animatrix. I was kind of looking forward to them not being in it. Not because I don't love them. I think they're amazing characters. But like, I, I kind of just want like new things, you know, like new characters and people and things. So they're not like in the movie. Like Neo isn't doing any kicks or flips or anything like that. Trinity kind of does. It was kind of annoying that they were in it, but it wasn't like, the worst thing ever but yeah he loves neo and trinity and yeah he gets a phone call that's just like his phone goes off and the teacher's like you need to turn your phone off and then he gets another phone call and then they're like you know they do the thing where it's it's basically the exact same scene like when neo is like in the office and he gets the phone call 
and they're like you know that they know that you know you know you gotta run and he runs he runs away i mean it doesn't really end up doing that much because the agents they don't really help him at all like they're not very helpful to the kid poor kid like he's just trying to run away and there's all these agents and there's no one helping him he's on his own and he's at the top of the building and he just he jumps he he jumps off the building which is the dream that he has jumping off the building i like the animation in this by the way uh when they do the scene where he's running through the school trying to get away from the agents I thought that like people looked like um they were like in an Edward Monk painting. Monk painting. <laughs> yeah. This this one is directed by Shinjiro Watanabe, who's the director of like Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. I thought that was the detective one that he directed. He also directed that one. Okay. I haven't seen Samurai Champloo, so I wonder if like that one looks more like this animation style. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like you said, he jumps off and he uh he wakes up. It's the origin story of the kid, our favorite character. This is something I'm trying to <laughs> understand so he's dead in the matrix but he lives he lives i think so so if he was plugged back into the matrix how does that work maybe he can't he can't you don't think he can i don't know (laughs) (laughs) they do talk about how like oh wow i didn't realize you could wake up from the matrix after killing yourself or something like that right so i guess that that's what happens i suppose (laughs) i guess i guess like yeah like he woke himself up or something maybe he didn't like completely die but he's buried he has a grave oh right i forgot they have the thing where they go to the i totally forgot yeah you're right he does die (laughs) they go to the funeral and they're like whoa yeah what if like he went back in the matrix and he became like a zombie and he like tore through like it would be like like in return of the living dead just like kind of like i'd love that (laughs) (laughs) that would be that would be amazing i would watch that too they need to make a second part um where he goes back in the matrix and yeah i guess maybe if you went back into the matrix you would uh you would die i don't know it's hard to say i don't know it's just you know i guess the idea is that like the matrix is completely unpredictable and completely like there's no rhyme or reason to it really i mean there are there is a rhyme or reason to it but in in some respects but i guess the idea is that like and they talk about this in the movies too where like you know the 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 world operates on a set of rules but even those can be kind of broken yeah you know like it's it's sort of like the wild west this story is not my favorite one but it's pretty good i liked it yeah i think it had its moments i think it's a little too reminiscent of the original matrix and so i just don't think there was really anything new to be said here it's probably my biggest complaint like i think it looks great and i definitely like the kit a lot more than i do in matrix 3 i just don't think there's a lot of new ground covered here i think it's just a lot of already said kind of stuff i think the next one we have is uh beyond i like the one a lot this one was really cool once again like i kind of like when they do like stories in the matrix about like crazy things happening mm-hmm. in in the matrix I like this one a lot, directed by Koji Morimoto, who worked on like Akira and Kiki's Delivery Service and, you know, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I like this one. It's like about a girl who lost, loses her cat. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I got to find my cat. And she meets some kids. And these kids are like, we should go over to that house. We're not supposed to be there. Like it's supposed to like, it's like a, like a blocked off gated house building. Yeah. And she decides to go over there to try to look for her cat. And yeah, the, the house is unusual. It has some unusual qualities. It's a glitch in the matrix. It's a glitchy house. They can like float, I guess, or something mm-hmm. similar to that. Some sort of glitch allows them to hover off the ground. I think what I like so much about this one, and I think I'd be interested to watch a matrix live action film where it's just chill. You know, just people doing their thing, just kind of 
chilling. Like less less fight scenes and more. Because as much as I find the original Matrix interesting, and I think there's some great fight scenes in all of the Matrix films and the Animatrix, I would be really interested to just kind of like, which I think this attempts to do and some of the other films in the Animatrix try to do, is just like, what's life like in the Matrix? And just kind of, you know, living with that and dealing with that and what that kind of world kind of looks like. And this film, even though towards the end there is a sort of chase scene, this film seems much more interested in just kind of existing in the world. Kind of similar to Kiki's Delivery Service where not a whole lot happens. It's just kind of just like there's no real villains or bad guys. I mean, of course, there's still Agent Smith in this, but it's much more interested in exploring the quirks and oddities of different characters and how they interact with each other than it is and big fight scenes or kung fu. It's kind of the inverse of the short film about the samurais where that one's just fighting with no real character development or story development. This is kind of the opposite. There's not really a whole lot of fighting, but there's a lot of character development in that short amount of time. So I guess it shows the the different ways you can go at the same issue and that you can tell a great story and care about characters in a short amount of time, but it's not easy to do. Yeah. I mean, I like the fighting. That's why the Matrix movies are awesome. Well, not why they're awesome, mm-hmm. but like that's an aspect of it. You know, I guess like uh, uh, they kind of do that in a new movie. They spend a lot of time in the Matrix, everybody hanging out in the Matrix because mm-hmm. now it's more convincing. It's just, you know, real life. Um, but of course, you know, once again, Neo yeah. feels something is off, which is interesting, I think. I like this movie though because uh, well I like this short though because like it kind of reminded me of Stalker. Have you seen Stalker? The Tchaikovsky film? Yeah, the Tarkovsky movie. I haven't seen it, but I know about it. Yeah, I watched it like for the first time the other day and it was very good. Um and the idea is that these guys have to go to the zone, capital Z zone. It's basically like this. It's basically like a glitched area in the world where they go there. It's obviously a lot more subtle in the in the in Stalker than what they do in this movie but it's kind of like it's kind of like the same idea it's like a place that doesn't feel right and everything is kind of backwards and time operates differently and objects and physics seem to operate differently so you have to traverse it very carefully i was reminded of that because that's you know that's basically it's like a glitched area of the world (laughs) you know And, and, and the same thing is with this is where they go in this house and these kids are playing they're jumping off of like ledges and stopping themselves right before they hit the ground which is great you know things are floating uh, items like kind of like flip around as if they're like being, being glitched people their shadows don't work correctly it's very creative it's very nice it's cool they're having fun you know in thor 2 there's a scene that's exactly like this <laughs> where they go to the they go to the zone yeah they go to the zone and they like they even do like the can thing. They like throw a can and it like floats right up. Like it's literally they basically just did this scene. Why are they? It's much better in this. <laughs> See, like everybody steals from anime. <laughs> like American directors. Anime's like, where it's at. <laughs> they will they watch they will just watch all the anime and they're like, okay, we just have to copy that and then it'll be perfect. Stupid. And you know what? That's the best part of Thor too. It's the best part of that terrible movie. But then they get found out, right? Like they they. Uh, they're like, oh no, there's people in the house, and they arrest them. They gas them out. I'm trying to grasp at the ending here. Do they brainwash them, or they just like they just not care? Because I know the kids still know it exists, but I can't remember if the woman what happened. I can't really re- remember what happens to her. She goes back to after being captured. She goes back to the house, and it's like a parking lot now, 
or something like that. Like they've destroyed it. It's different now. And I, I guess maybe the idea is she thinks maybe it was a dream, you know, like, or, or, or something, or maybe she was dreaming. Cause it is kind of like weird that that would happen, you know, cans floating and stuff. Yeah. So she does one more time. She does the thing where she picks up the can and she drops it Yeah. Um, and it doesn't float. Right. And I think maybe that cements in her brain, like, okay, uh, that was a dream. Like it didn't happen again, Yeah. which is really sad. <laughs> like i don't know why it's like a very sad like moment where she like the can doesn't do what she wants it to do because like it's almost like um yeah her and all these people like feel like a sense of power for a minute you know what i mean where they get to like do these like mm -hmm. crazy neo trinity like floating things and they feel you know really good and you know they, they've completely like broke physics and they feel like they can do anything and then you know but you're not supposed to do that in the matrix and they rip it away from you dumb computers they got they got them again i think they should they should just let people have what they want just let them float like who cares they have to they have to no they can't why just like sell a different set of goods like say that the laws of physics allow for floating they don't want them to be happy they want them to be miserable <laughs> why would they give them well something fun to do i don't know well, in the original Matrix, it was a utopia, but humans couldn't handle it. I guess. At least that's what Agent Smith says. I guess he could be lying. It was utopia. <laughs> I think the uh, like the next one is like a detective story, also directed by Shinichiro Watanabe. This one's all right. I like the vibes of it. I know. I figured you would like it. I know you like the noir stuff, and I like it too. Like that's my favorite part of it as well. It's got some cool vibes. The technology is kind of interesting. It's like this mix of. 1940s typewriters and phones combined with more modern technologies which i think is cool and has this very noir kind of guy talking about you know he's a he's a detective and he's yeah and he and he's going to to find things and do things i like it i like the i think my biggest complaint with the detective story is there's really not a lot of detective work done like he figures it out way too quickly and he hasn't even really figured it out. They just contact him. He types on the computer. That's also lame. Is the whole, like the whole, what's so great about film noir is it's this detective and he's going around and he's talking to people and he's going to different places. He's beating people up. He's beating people up. He's getting beaten up. Yeah. yeah. But like in this, it's just like him on a computer. He doesn't really do that. Yeah. He doesn't really do much, which makes it kind of lame. And they just find him. But I love the vibes of it. I like the way it looks. It looks cool. But as like the actual detective story itself, I was underwhelmed. Yeah, it's a pretty underwhelming story. It's like he's like hired to find Trinity, who's like a hacker. Um, and yeah, like we talked about, he does like detective work, but you know, it's kind of whatever, like it's completely forgettable. And then there's basically like a train action scene where he meets Trinity, which is kind of annoying. Like, like I said, like the fact that Trinity is there is just kind of like, okay, yeah, we know who Trinity is. Don't care yeah <laughs> yeah and like agents show up they kind of like trap her i don't i guess i don't understand like i guess like why would she like like trinity's not like not stupid like why would she end up in a trap like that i guess maybe she thought that like the detective has some potential to be able to leave the matrix but he dies so <laughs> yep he fails he just dies <laughs> yeah he gets like shot by the agents and he almost turns into an agent yeah trinity doesn't even care she's just like well moving on you almost were able to like know the truth, but you died. So sucks to be you, I guess. <laughs> I really don't have much to say about it. Like it looks really good. Like it obviously very reminiscent of Cowboy Bebop is made by the same guy. I actually watched a lot of Cowboy Bebop in preparation for this because I didn't know what to watch because usually I watch films by the director, but because there are a bunch of directors for this 
and I did not want to watch a Wachowski film because as I've I've said before I'm not really a fan of the Matrix so I did not want to watch more Wachowski stuff you, got, you should watch Speed you should watch Speed Racer I watched that the movie the other day since I saw it as a kid and is it good it's an unbelievable movie really it's an incredibly good movie it's an incredible movie it's exciting I've heard the film's very divisive like some people really love it and some people really don't well, if you're like a snooty critic, if you're like a snooty Roger Ebert type <laughs> critic, then yeah, you might not like it. But if you just like want to watch like an incredibly exciting and powerful movie about family and love, then yeah, then you're in for a good time. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Like, it's just like a cool movie about racing, driving a race car, <laughs> you know, that's good. And the, I don't know, like the CGI is maybe a little dated, but I kind of, I kind of like like dated CGI because it kind of gives movies character. Uh CGI is now at the point where like, you can just make anything look kind of realistic. Like you watch Endgame and it's like, everything kind of looks the same. (laughs) It's like, everything is like super like, but in Speed Razor, everything is super bright and vivid and very, um, you know, computery, you know, and which I love. It looks like a video game, but in a good way. Like if a movie looks like a video game, I don't like that. But in Speed Racer, it fits perfectly. It's a great movie. Okay. It's lovely. Maybe I'll give it a watch. We'll see. I, I like the Wachowskis. They have a, they have a very, um, they have an interesting palette and I think they have a lot to say in their mm-hmm. movies. And uh, the Animatrix kind of also proves that because, you know, they're very interested. It's clear they're very interested in animation and comics. Like they talk about how they were influenced by comics when they made the Matrix, very influenced by comics. And in fact, they hired a very good comic artist to design and draw a lot of um, some, a lot of the designs of some of the technology and robots and stuff in the Matrix movie. Um, so they're clearly very influenced by this. So it's cool that they were able to get it made. The next one, Matriculated. It's an awful title. <laughs> Terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like. I, I like matriculated. I think it's one of my more favorite ones because I like how weird it is. Everything inside the robot's head. I think that looks pretty cool. Like it's definitely. All that stuff is great. LSD it's like inspired. you're doing LSD with him or something. Yeah. I guess the robot. I, I care about the robot. I like the robot. I'm pro robot guy, but I don't care about any of the people. Like the fact that they die. I don't care. Like I really don't. I guess the I guess what they do is that they lure. They're like humans that live on the surface and they lure robots yes. and they trap them. And then they all put their brains inside of the robot. And I think they must like enlighten it or like have it do LSD or something. And then they like the humans and <laughs> they, they put it play. in, they plug it in. Yeah. I guess it's like the opposite. Like in the matrix, you're going inside the robot, but like with the and mm-hmm. matriculated, the robot is going inside the humans, I guess. Or maybe the humans are going inside the, the robot's brain and they're kind of like affecting it. Yeah. I think they're going inside the robot's brain, which is why it has that kind of weird LSD kind of look to it instead of like, because I think if, because with they plug in, they just go into the matrix. But I think when they plug into the robot, they're going to like the robot's artificial intelligence, which is why it has this sort of weird kaleidoscopic sort of look to it, which I think is a really interesting idea. And I would definitely love to see more of that in the matrix, the idea of going into or manipulating the minds of the robots. But they kind of talk about how, the morals of it, which it is a bit morally... I mean, if you think of artificial intelligence as a form of life, then you're basically tricking it into being on your side, which isn't, you know, the best... It's not morally great. I mean, that's what the Matrix is, Matrix is, of course. It's like tricking people into believing they're in something that they're actually not. So the humans just do the same thing, I guess. 
I think this one has some of the more interesting ideas, which is they talk about the idea that the artificial intelligence can't tell the difference between the real world and the matrix because to them, that's all the same thing. Like there is no separation between the two. I mean, the robot's cool. I'm I'm pro robot. I think he's he does some good things. He saves lives or tries to at least. I don't know if he he really succeeds. He fights his fellow brethren, his fellow robots. I, I like the idea. It's definitely once again one of those that are a little underwhelming just because it comes and goes, you know. Mm-hmm. But for the moment that is it that it is around, it looks great, and there are some interesting ideas that they bring forth for sure. Um, so I'm okay with kind of like kind of putting characters and story to the side a little bit. Mm-hmm. The idea of like, oh, what if they plugged into a robot? Like that's cool, and I feel yeah. like they did that well. The ending is kind of interesting too. It's like where the girl is dying and he like plugs the robot plugs her into him. Him or her, I guess it, you know, it's a I keep saying him. It doesn't this robot it doesn't really have a we don't know the pronouns of the robot. Yeah, I really don't. <laughs> and he plug it in the girl and she dies while she's plugged in, I guess, is the idea. Or they're plugged in and she seems like scared and then she dies. I think, or he takes over her consciousness kind of, or adapts her consciousness. I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe she's like trapped in there now. You know what I mean? Like her consciousness is now been uploaded into the robot. So she's forever trapped in there. Right. But her body doesn't exist anymore. It's true. Damn. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, definitely a lot of interesting things about, in, like, uh, I guess, uh, you know, religious or drug-induced enlightenment or something like that, which I like. What's with the monkey thing? Is it a lemur? I don't even know what it is. I think I think it's a spider monkey. Spider monkey. What's up with that? What? Wait. Okay. Wait, what do you want? Like, wait, no, no, no. no explain wait. Why they have the? No, no. The spider monkey plugs into the matrix. So does that mean that the? Animals are there are animals in the matrix too? Sure. Are there? I don't know. Because <laughs> some of them there definitely are. Because like the cats glitch. Cats glitch. They're definitely they don't have those plugs. So cats not in the matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But monkeys are. Maybe. And if they are in the matrix, does that mean that they saved that monkey from the matrix? How does that work? I don't know. Maybe they already have the spider monkey and they put in a thing into him <laughs> so they could plug in. That seems cruel. Which I don't think they would do that. I don't think they have the ability to do that. Exactly. Which means that the fire monkey had to be in the matrix. Maybe apes are like harder to uh, create, you know, harder to uh, make uh, programs of. So maybe like there are certain animals that are too smart. So they have to be put into the matrix. Very interesting theory is going on here. (laughs) It's fun. They have to have a little animal. A lot of these stories have like little cats and stuff in them, which are fun. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't mind the spider monkey. I think it's fun. It's just like random. I'm fine with the spider monkey. I just, I want to understand. I think you figured it out. I think it was in the matrix and they freed the spider <laughs> monkey. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's badass. I want to see that movie. I want to see a movie where they save a monkey. No, forget Neo. We got to save the spider <laughs> monkey. Forget him. That one was cool. But we have our last one. If you want to move on to the final flight of the Osiris. Which is like a 3D animated short. Made by the Final Fantasy guy. Andy Jones. Yes. He did the Final Fantasy movies, I believe. He did. I think this looks bad. I don't think it looks bad. I think it looks okay. I think it looks awful. I hate it. I hate the way it looks. I think it's fine. I think it looks hideous. 
I think it's fine. I kind of like the early CGI look of it. I just I don't. like I don't mind it at all. I think it's I think it kind of fits. This one's written by the Wachowskis, of course. And like you talked about, which I didn't know, they play it before the third movie, which is, you know, just like an origin story of the Osiris um, and how they, the Osiris were able to, um, you know, drop off the package in the Matrix um, while being chased by robots. And the beginning has this like a, like a pseudo sex scene where uh, the guy and the girl. It's weird. I don't mind it. It's weird, but that's good. Uh, where they like a sword fight <laughs> they slowly cut yeah. off each other's clothes <laughs> it's kind of funny it's hilarious it's too sexy no i love it's too no. sexy <laughs> no it's not it's great it's too sexy and it's no, too it's long good. why can't they have sex they're busy it's the matrix they can do whatever they want <laughs> cutting off each other's clothes they also have to like train they have to fight they have to train to fight at the same time i guess it's hilarious so it's like a pseudo sex scene it's kind of weird <laughs> but it's funny and yeah they, they but then they have to like uh and it's basically just like you know like a i guess an extension of just like the matrix sequels right mm-hmm. people floating around in like the ship the osiris and they're being attacked by robots just like in the matrix sequels and that's pretty much <laughs> it that's it i didn't like this one at all it was my least favorite story i didn't like the look of it I did not care about the characters at all. It put a bad taste in my mouth, honestly. Like, to end on this one... Nah, I was okay with it. Like, I would much rather end on any of the others. I was okay with it just because I don't mind the Matrix sequels, and it's an extension, so I can't really, like, complain all that much about it just because, like, I like the Matrix sequels, and this is, like, like I said, kind of, like, a part of it. I'm not really, like, upset by it or anything. It's definitely not, like, the most exciting or best animation here. I think that award has to go to the second renaissance as my favorite one maybe my second favorite one would be like maybe beyond would be my second favorite one and maybe my least favorite one would be like program just because like that one is like it kind of maybe even detective story but detective story it does have a really cool look you know i like it. And, and so does and so is so does program i guess if there's like one thing you can say like i said about the animatrix is that you know even if like you're not super impressed by the story of like any of these at least you were able to kind of like see like the incredible animation talents of these animators absolutely and i like to think too that like with this movie the wachowski was were able to like introduce people to some like really amazing animation anime directors and, mm-hmm. and creators even if you don't like the movie entirely like i still think that like for the most part all the animation is interesting i like that aspect a lot even if the stories are they're they're you know they're inconsistent all right andrew final thoughts and rating it's good i like the animatrix i would definitely watch it again you know it's cool you know i i like the matrix i like the first movie Mm -hmm. i like the second movie and the third and the new one a lot i just like the idea of it i think that the influences that the wachowski bring to those movies the way that they culminate is very powerful and i think it's a powerful combination um and the animatrix is cool it kind of it, i think it makes sense i think that the matrix you know idea of it i think it's it's a fun idea to play with especially with animation and i think for the most part it succeeds you know i think you know obviously if you were to judge each individual animation it can get a little messy because like some of them are pretty underwhelming but i think you know if just looking at it as a whole um, it's. I think it's a, a an enjoyable experience. Definitely. Like, I don't think anything really like made me 
really rubbed me the wrong way. I think everything, for the most part, has an interesting idea deposit. Um, and I think that uh, the music, too, and all these are good. And it's a good movie overall. I would give it a 7 out of 10. I have a bit of trouble putting a rating on this one partly because it's an anthology so you're really and the collection even itself it just varies so much and there are some of them like the renaissance part the second renaissance part one and two i think are just absolutely magnificent and i would easily rate an eight maybe even a nine but then there's other ones in this that i do not like at all which the one i like the least is certainly the final flight of the Osiris. I just don't like it. I don't care for it. I think it looks gross. Put a bad taste in my mouth. It was kind of a crummy one to end on. And it made me not like the experience of watching the Animatrix as much. Like if I just didn't watch that one, I think it would have had a much better experience with it. I don't know. There's ones in this that I'd love that I'd definitely watch again. But I don't think I'd ever watch all of the Animatrix over again. Because there's just ones that I wouldn't want to watch again. But as you said, the animation in really all of these is wonderful and magnificent. And I love that you get to see different animation styles. I'm going to give this one a 5 out of 10, only because there are ones that are really near the top. And there are ones that, honestly, I, I did not like at all. So it kind of creates a mixed bag. I think watching them individually, great and not so great. But I don't know. I'm not a huge anthology fan to begin with. I don't think they work so well as feature films, which... I'm sure if this came out today, it would have become out as a streaming series, a series of short as kind of Disney has done, but it's okay. I mean, I'm glad I watched it. I think it was a good experience, but I probably wouldn't watch the Animatrix again. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will be watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and you can find anything I do at AustinLugo12. You can find me on Twitter at ADHarp24. You can also find me on Letterboxd at RetroAndrew, R-E-T-R-0, Andrew. And you can find this podcast wherever you hear podcasts. You can also find anything we're doing at the production company, films, podcasts, books, and more at lifethroughfiction.com. Thank you once again to Shannon, our amazing editor. And thank you all for listening. Thank you very much. <laughs>